right, you bunch of yahoos. Strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Toxic Masculinity, where I've got my co-host, the hostess with the mostest, the, the mustachioed one, the one and only, the predator, Don Fry. Hey, baby. And then and, and, uh, Don is down in the, the Sarah Vista slash Tucson area right now and Arizona, and I am still up here in Howell, Michigan. But our guest here is actually back in the state of New York, out on, I think, one of the, the islands there. If, if, if uh, we'll, 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 I don't know how specific we get here right now with this. But we have right, a New Yorker right, yeah. here right now that's going to be on the line. But we have Seth Turner, who is actually the president of the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. So we're going to be talking about a lot of professional wrestling stuff. We're going to be talking about this uh, incredible museum that uh, just opened up just a few weeks back. I think maybe a little over a month or so back. And we'll be talking about that and uh, all kinds of stuff that's professional wrestling related and whatever else that's... Uh, that we can come up and sling at people if we happen to offend, defend anyone and everyone that we so desire. So if you, uh, if, if you, if you get offended easily, you might want to switch us off now because we're just, we're just men that are going to be talking about manly kind of things, men that take care of things inside of the, the squared circle. Men, 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 men. <laughs> well, Dan, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Uh, uh, you were talking about the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, to the Predator, it's a pleasure to be here with you tonight as well. And Dan will let you know that we opened our museum, um, the, the only real brick and mortar uh, bona fide uh, professional wrestling Hall of Fame uh, in the arena in Albany, New York. Um, and so we opened at the very end of August. Uh, Dan was there and received our Trailblazer Award actually this year. And um, uh, it was nice. So the museum is open uh, for the rest of 2022 by appointment only or, or during special occasions. And uh, Dan, yes, I am out on Long Island, but I'm heading to Albany, New York, tonight because tomorrow at the MVP arena, AEW will be live and we'll be there with the museum um, giving tours, showing people around. Now, will that, will, that, will that be the first opportunity that a professional show is going to be at the arena and the museum is open as well? That is correct, yes. Oh, I, I, I think that's going to be a phenomenal, I think that's just going to be a phenomenal opportunity and just just as a, a mere business suggestion anyone that comes through there you sh if you can get a, a, an email establishment going because that is huge because like when i when i was one of the shows i always just had whoever was the, the at the desk i'd say get 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 a, an email address from all these people because no one's gonna you know no one's gonna give you addresses to the nature you're always looking for an email because now we'll let you know when the next show is taking place we'll let you know upcoming type of thing so i definitely would take advantage of that because you got people that are gonna walk in there and that's that one chance to get them to know about all the cool things you have coming on up again you know great great tip dan that's why hey you, you know in this business you got to shut up and listen and pay attention particularly to those who might know more than you so 
uh, that's why I always appreciate hanging around with you. And well, again, that's what she. I'll remind you, you said something, you know, you enjoy educating because you can't take the, the information with you. So you've got to give it away. Yes. No, I definitely that's why I say all kinds of stuff, but <laughs> that, that was probably one of the, one of my better things I said. <laughs> oh, I, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised that Mr. Fry's being so quiet right now because he, I, I, Hey, the opportunity to say anything, man. You've been giving in it hard, Jesus Christ. Well, the woman. I I I, I made I, I made light of that that caffeine here right now. I you know. <laughs> Damn, Trailblazer Award, huh? Is that because those um those big matches you had with Stanislaus Zabisco and Luthez back in the early twenties, thirties? See, that's that's my dad fry. He didn't let me down there. I, I kept thinking, well, I, as soon as you said trailblazer board, I was waiting for him to go, what was he we're doing? Ra 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 raccoon hat on or something like that out there mm. as a frontiersman or something like that. <laughs> but that's all right. We, we, we like to have a little fun here, keep people in check and balance. But uh, you know, some people just, even though we, we get off at the different political rants every now and then, we kind of bust chops as that because... If you can't laugh at yourself, who else can you laugh at? You know, there's always you. <laughs> <laughs> there's always Biden, Joe Biden. That, that, well, that okay. hey, it gives us a good laugh. All you gotta do is look look at whatever the meme of the day, right? Yeah, the meme of the day. Just look at look at the uh, amount that uh, everything has increased. Inflation has increased. You know. A zero percent, there's been zero percent. Where the fuck did that idiot come up with that idea? Jeez, well, he, he, didn't, he didn't have a thought to himself here right now. But let's get back mind, to professional. Let's the, we're gonna get back to, I'm, I'm gonna bring you back on track at the professional wrestling 101 here right now. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, again, how long have you been involved with uh, okay, this professional wrestling, international professional wrestling hall of fame? First off. I don't know where the concept idea all began. I know you told me when, when I was there over the course of the weekend, but for our listeners right now, the idea of coming up with this international professional in Hall of Fame, again, like you said, the only one that actually has bricks and mortar to it. Right. So, or, or, or also, there may be other people who call them themselves a Hall of Fame, maybe because they started a, a social media Facebook group or because yes. a group of people got together in a restaurant and decided they were a Hall of Fame. Uh, in 2019, we were chartered by the New York State Education Department. And what happens is in the state of New York, a Hall of Fame is considered a museum and a museum is uh, an educational institution. So my background is actually as an educator, Dan, uh, much like yourself. Um, I am a, a school administrator since the year 2000 and I've been in education. I started as a school custodian. Uh, in fact, Dan, we'll go back and talk about some of those stories. But but anyway, uh, so being a, a a school administrator, then you worked your way down to administration, huh? <laughs> so being a school administrator <laughs> was necessary because you had to charter the waters through the board of regents, and it took a lot of paperwork. But it, let me back up and and go to the late 1990s in the state of New York had been the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. That started in Schenectady, New York. Uh, at a, The address was 123 Broadway, which what a perfect address for a Hall of Fame. That moved to Amsterdam, New York, which is in central New York, which is sort of a 
uh, anyway, it's in central New York. And um, <laughs> so, I, was that was that was, was that a nice way of swerving over maybe a neighborhood not so kind here right now? <laughs> you just drove through there on your way back to Michigan, okay? Right, I, I, and you probably didn't stop on your on your way down the thruway. So. Uh, I drove through there with my armored car. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, central New York there. Anyway, God bless them. So it was successful in Amsterdam for quite a while. Then in uh, 2017, went to Wichita Falls, Texas, where it, um, it, it stopped functioning uh, about two years, two or three years ago, and they lost their uh, standing and they lost their IRS status. So our organization at the same time was getting chartered in the state of New York. And as per IRS laws, the uh, assets of one non-for-profit can be transferred to a similar non-for-profit. And so we were positioned well by being that non-for-profit. At the same point, we had negotiated with the Albany County Legislature. We procured our, our space in the arena, um, which is unheard of. Uh, and um, so we all of this sort of came together and uh between 2019 and 2022 you happened to be there when we cut the ribbon in august of 2022 so um you know. okay when you say bricks and mortar i mean that what what a phenomenal facility i i i can't even imagine with with the athletic schedule that that arena will be taking just how many people will get the opportunity to see this and that's where I mean, shamelessly, you need to make sure that, that there's enough stuff outside those doors that's going to bring people on in the go, man, what, what, what's this? Because a lot of people, a lot of people enjoy watching professional wrestling at different times in their life. And to know that they're at one athletic event, and a lot of times people get there earlier to where they're looking, they're, they're just, they're looking for time to, to kill, do something. What a, what a greater opportunity. The, the New York State High School Athletic Association wrestling uh, championships are held in that arena. So, you know, you've been oh, to wow. you know, uh, wrestling events. Uh, there's an awful lot of time to walk around and, and do other stuff. Uh, we, could, we actually couldn't move in uh, for a while because the NCAA hockey tournament, Frozen Four, was being held in that arena. And they were using our same space. For, for Minnesota and for Michigan and, and for Harvard and those teams to meet. So, um, yeah, and, and then when we first got the keys to the place, it, that was sort of mind-blowing because we showed when we showed up there, myself and Mike Lenuto, who you know, yes, uh, yes, the monster trucks were, were, were there, and we couldn't use our parking spaces because, the, you know, they had three monster trucks and they're welding tires on them and stuff. And that was a crazy experience where you realize, wow, we're, we're in a different place here. So, yeah, well, that was being in that arena is exceptional. And, and it, you know, I used it, by the way, it's now called the MVP arena. That arena opened in 1990. It was originally called the Knickerbocker arena. Then it was the Pepsi arena. Then it was the Times Union Center. And now it's the MVP arena. So it, and it's got a pretty good history by itself. MB, MVP arena. Now I'm making a notation on that because I mean, that's well, again, knowing that the you said the the upcoming NCAs is going to be held there. Uh, well, that, that was at, they, they will be holding the NCAA basketball tournament, I think, gets held there regionally. Uh, this okay, 
I, I thought you okay. You were, okay. I was saying the NC, in, in this past year we couldn't move in in April of 2022. Oh. at the end of at the end of March, the NCAA hockey tournament was in that. Ah, week. gotcha. Well, again, still, I mean, just just being able to jump on 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 the, on the tail of, of any and all athletic events that are taking place, any kind of events that are taking place there. You know, everyone's got concerts, everyone's got those. Yeah, I gonna say everyone's got those childhood memories of watching uh, professional wrestling and, and know that now it's there. And as I said before, people get the things earlier. They're looking to entertain themselves for, for you know the next half hour, hour, or whatever, because it's parking is usually a monster. So a lot, a lot of times people get there a lot earlier for whatever the event is that that's going to be taking place. I think you guys just got such a great opportunity. You just need something outside that door to. Throw that, throw that line out there, and reel them on in. That's all. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I, I want to, you know, interject and, and let people know and let Don know. Look, when you walk in there, you're seeing history of pro wrestling that goes back over a hundred years. We have a championship wrestling belt from 1927 uh, that what was given to Dan's third belt. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. See, I told you, said Don didn't leave, let me down there on that one. There, you know. Uh, you know, Don, we've got gorgeous George's original hair curling machine. It's this large apparatus. <laughs> Maybe we can see what it could do for facial hair. I don't think gorgeous George ever went there. Maybe we could uh, oh. with the mustaches. Yeah, well, again, the, 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 Don's getting a little bit more unruly. I try to keep my a little bit more. A little more trim and, and tame looking. That's uh, Don's got that that wild, that really uh, got to take that to grow to it there. Are you growing a mustache? <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll keep going. We got Bruno Sammartino's original uh, heavyweight championship belt. Um, something from that arena itself was the first money in the bank. Uh, um, uh, briefcase and so that's in that's in our museum we've got fabulous moolah's original 19 uh currently history says it was 1956 but we researched it back to 1953 uh her moolah's original belt and quite an array of 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 lady wrestlers um trophies and, and jackets and uh robes um it's a cool place every no, it, it, and everyone who walks in there to a person, because you said this, to a person, whether it's even a security guard working or someone walking who, who's not interested, something in there strikes them and they become that little kid again, you know, yes. and it's different for different people. Someone, it was, a, it was an Andre the Giant artifact and they, they just became a little kid with another person. You know, it's the J.J. Dillon jacket. You know, it, it, it's something different for everyone. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. It, 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 just to be, just me walking around there, I, I think I had a big old smile on my face the entire time because no matter what direction I, I turned to, it's like going, you got, uh, you know, different people, different time eras, but it's like so cool just to see these kinds of things. And, and again, it's just knowing then they'll learn more about who the people are behind the scenes that, that brought this together. It, it, it's, uh, I mean, how many people between you, Mike, uh, how many, how many people came together to, with that, that forged this idea in the beginning? Well, great question. You said at the beginning, good. I thought you were going to go broader because I got to give credit to so many people now that there's so many volunteers that I get nervous about 
leaving. Well, but but if I go back to the core group, what I did, Dan, early on was I surrounded myself not with pro wrestlers, but with uh, uh, people who had good business acumen, good fiscal acumen. So first, yes. up, first up, so you, you met Mike Lenuto, who's a retired police officer and is a financial advisor. Uh, I then got uh, an attorney. Uh, then I got uh, an accountant. Then I got someone who uh, specializes in uh, publicity and marketing. Uh, and by the way, these are all high level people. I'm, I'm not talking, you know, uh, so, you know, so that, that would be Greg Wachtel, who was running around, but Greg used to be the head of sales for Sport, Sports Illustrated and People Magazine and uh, Playboys, you know, so, uh, or our attorney is Mike Viscosi. Well, he represented MMA trying to get into the state of New York. He was the, you know, one of the key attorneys that was helping to legalize that. So, wow, you know, uh, you know, these are all people who are good at what they do. I got our, our accountant is Andy Groff. He's a little money guy, but guess what? He works for the Office of Taxation and Finance. Okay. I want to get people who will, and, and his job was keep, keep those books clean and keep us out of jail. You know, <laughs> you, you take yes. care of money, we'll take care of the other stuff. Um, and then I got the Joe DeFino who specializes in fundraising and in, um, uh, uh, videography and things like that as well. So, you know, again, you wanted to cover those bases and that's where we started with the core group. Then there were, then I, then I got historians to, uh, uh, who stepped up led by Bob Bryla, uh, and they designed the ballot process. So we kept the selection for the hall of fame separate from the board of trustees. That way we could remain focused just on running the organization and let them worry about making these selections and, and defining that uh, those categories, et cetera. So, no, 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 that's well, no, again, fantastic the way that uh, I mean, literally, you're running it like a business instead of a, being a bunch of bunch of fans of it. But it's, it's good that that again, you kind of still everyone still falls in that same category because, like I said, you know, you see certain artifacts that come in or or, or someone contact you on the, uh, on the behalf of someone who's maybe gone now, but they want to have this artifact put into the museum. I think that that's fantastic. Um, I know I, I brought up Mike Chapman's name to you before, but uh, I, I definitely would like to get you some contact information for him only because he's a, a phenomenal historian himself. And I mean, I, he's got a few artifacts that I know that uh, he would probably uh, would like to probably put into his will when I, when he's you know leaves this world that uh, he would probably want to have uh, forwarded on to something as, as impressive as what you guys going. I I know he he would love to come there some sometime to see it, and then I I, I you guys are just going to win him over just for the fact that it's business people that that are doing this. You know, people that love the sport of, of professional wrestling, but then also their business minds behind it so that they know that it will last forever. Well, let me speak on, on one part. Uh, and then I want to back into Mike Chapman, because I, I told you right away, I was familiar by having read his articles about the uh, headlock machine that was used by Ed Strangler Lewis and then passed yep. on, uh, and then it ended up, um, uh, geez, I, uh, uh, God, who's the guy from? Well, I don't want to. That, that, yeah, well, I think it ended up with Danny uh, Danny Hodge. Yeah, Danny Hodge. Yeah, Danny well, Hodge. 
But um, one of the lessons we learned from the previous Hall of Fame is we don't necessarily want ownership of those artifacts. We would prefer if they were put on loan, or even if it was for a, a, a long amount of time, because maybe that family might, or that individual might feel better putting something on loan and having clear paperwork and uh, uh, clear provenance of what to do with that artifact. Because some of the issues that happened in Texas when that organization went under, there are still some wrestling artifacts, some great wrestling history sitting in 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 store boxes somewhere. Just it, it's it's it needs to be rescued. So you uh, and, and for that purpose, by the way, we want to encourage even yourselves. I mean, come on, you you guys are are legends yourselves. But put something on loan, and that way it's also rotating, and it gives people a reason to come back to the arena. You know, if we sit things up and, and just leave it the same year after year, you've seen it once, you've seen it. But what if we rotate things in? You know, sure, through exhibits. So, uh, but now if I could go back to Mike Chapman, I believe he also contributed. I know he did to uh, writing our program, um, which. Uh, we've had two editions of our program, which are some of the best history of pro wrestling. Um, and I know Mike uh, is a contributing author. Um, but again, yeah, any, as you know, it's networking, it's who you know. Um, we want to work with good people. Uh, when you get into this business, it, you ran, Dan, you ran down a list of, you know, the type of individuals with whom you interact. <laughs> 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 And would you believe there we've had screw jobs, we've had promoters, you know, uh, uh, no, say it isn't so. <laughs> yeah, somebody maybe uh, put money in their pocket when they were working for us and was, you know, to put you in those uncomfortable positions. And yep, it, so, uh, uh, but but that's why word of mouth means everything, you know, and and I'd rather work with good people and, and let lot and. You know, we get lots of people who call up and they, they volunteer. Hey, we want to come help you out. Yeah. You mean put yourself over and, and I got to get your stink on me? No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. They, sh they show up with a big oversized bag, <laughs> shopping bag. <laughs> it comes in empty. Well, periodically, yeah. Periodically, as, as we're going through here, Seth, I want you to keep uh, reiterating. If people want to get in contact with you, or with the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, they want to help out. They want to make a contribution. What what are what are some avenues that that people can do here just to get in contact uh, to either bring bring more stuff to you to again make donations, uh, be a part of of history. So uh, check out our website, uh, which is uh, prowrestlinghall.org. Again, that's uh, www.prowrestlinghall.org. Uh, you can find us on um, Facebook and all mo all major social medias. Uh, I can't say I'm the one who runs it because I'm not, uh, but uh, um, and it, certainly you could stop by at the arena. Uh, we're on the second floor of the atrium, uh, which is the main entrance uh, where people are going in and out of the arena. Um, We'll, we'll okay again. I'm gonna jump in here, but on this uh, www.prowrestling.org. Did I say that correctly? Hall, Pro Wrestling oh, Hall, Pro Wrestling Hall. Okay. Dot org. Does um, it, will there be a schedule up, or, or is there something different where they'll see a schedule 
as events are coming, being scheduled for uh, at different athletic events and stuff like that that are coming up? Well, first of all, what I'd say is go there and buy a t-shirt, buy a coffee mug. Uh, those are fun ways. Uh, get, you know, order a program or a deck of our cards or things like that. Those are fun ways that you can support the organization and you get something in return. Certainly you can make a donation and we appreciate that, but the hoodies are comfortable. The t-shirts are comfortable, you know, uh, um, so, so there's some, some nice product that we put up uh, and change things out. Um, so again, we, we do- and, and, you, and you also have that hot tag coffee mate there that you can make, put right into that coffee mug go along there with it, right? That's right, that's right. Hot tag by Motor Motor Oil Coffee, right in Albany, New York. We're giving those guys now, again. The, the, I remember, I remember when I was out there, and you said it was. I said made by who? And you said Motor Oil Company. I'm thinking, wow, is that how how thick is that cup of coffee here now? Okay, is it is it twenty weight, thirty weight? What? <laughs> I mean. Uh, Mr. Fry drinks a pretty strong cup of coffee. I, I see that spoon stand up more than once there. So walk away too. Slow horse. <laughs> I apologize. I've been dominating the conversation, uh, uh, Don. I apologize, but look, Dan gave me an opportunity, and I gotta take it and go with it. You know, um, they so, hear me hey. talk every week. You know, so you're the I, guest. I, I, Seth, Seth, I'm working a tag. I'm working a tag match here with you right now. Trust me, Mr. Fry will be jumping in here when I when I go. Okay, Dad. Yeah, eventually. Jump in. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll run out of juice here sooner or later. Well, Dan, one thing you and I were talking about off the air that I want to bring up on the air is that uh, in preparation is we did give you the Trailblazer Award, but uh, you and I would talk sometimes over the the last several months. Uh, before our ceremony and, and our ribbon cutting. And then when we, we met in person, it had nothing to do with pro wrestling that we were talking about. And it was the fact that one time when we were on the phone, you were driving somewhere and I said, well, I'm one of eight children. And you said, I'm one of eight children. <laughs> and then we started to have a conversation that only kids from a large family can really know and understand. So you want to talk about why is the organization successful? Because when you've had nothing and your only opportunity to get out of having nothing is to work hard and put and put in the time that develops in you a mindset and habits that carry over into the rest of your life if you embrace it. You know, if you want to, if you want to feel sorry for yourself and live in squalor the rest of your life, you can do that too. But I knew I was broke as hell and I wasn't going to stay there. You know, I, I had three older brothers and all I had was hand-me-downs. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're, you're child number four on, on the ladder. I, I'm child number four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have three on the ladder. and three younger brothers and then a little sister. Well, at least you didn't have older sisters then to wear their hand-me-downs. <laughs> <laughs> Although today, you know, to <laughs> Mr. Fry, you know, you, you you can't you can't make statements like that. You have to simply you have to allow people to you have to allow children children to make up their own decision. You know, let let, let that child that's uh, three, four, five years of age uh, decide whether they want to wear a dress this morning or they want to identify and decide what they want to be. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I look at it this way. 
there, there's still a drinking age, right? In this country, correct? You got to be of know. age to drink. No, no well, there's it, it should it, it's still it's 21 to me as I go. Well, there's a reason why there's certain age factors to it. In the same way with the child, I I, I go. Our, our our government is uh, got their heads so far shoved up in each other's rectum that uh, they don't know what uh, what they're doing anymore. I go, be be a parent, be be a true leader, and uh, make and, and tell people no. Sometimes, heck, all my kid, all my kids, all my kids, and all my animals, they all they all thought they should have been named no because that's all they heard out of me most of the time. No, 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 you, no, no, yeah. Then there's always an occasional maybe. And then, like, what do you mean? Maybe I gotta think about how many different ways this could go wrong first. <laughs> so, but that's uh, that's the, the the fun part about it. So, what's Mike? What's the what's the, like the next thing that's coming up right now on on the schedule here for the museum? What's coming up first? Or, or, or... did you just call me Mike? Are you thinking of Mike Lanudo, the little guy? I, you you know, I, Seth. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm six five. You, Don, if you saw, there, 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 there was there's a huge difference between there. Capuzas there, right? yes. Sorry, sometimes you know. All right. So uh, anyway, we were we were excited that we were able to open the museum, but we want to spend the rest of 2022 first of all uh, enhancing our uh, displays and our security uh, because we need better um, guards to keep people people back before we can open it publicly. Also give us an opportunity to, to develop our schedule We're, for volunteers. It's all volunteer run, by the way. Um, and, uh, but along the way, because we're busy, you know, you, because we're not just people who say you can go volunteer, you have to meet insurance requirements and actually ensure that these people are not wanted for crimes against children and things like that. So we have to do yeah. our due diligence you don't want uh, someone to come in and volunteer over the weekend and then all of a sudden you come in and realize that your place is now empty yeah right you know again you, you know you get their or you get their stink on you you know so there's lots of people who volunteer and want to help uh but uh we want to do it the right way so that it, again we'll have that longevity um so that that's the concept and then by 2023 we can have regular hours or a, a regular uh schedule for the rest of that year uh, we are planning for uh, our next induction, which will be, we, we do the last weekend of August. Um, so this will be our third year for that. Uh, we started that in 2021. Um, and if you go back, you have to remember, we started in December 2019 and the pandemic hit by March of 2020. So we, we've had to start this business during the midst of the pandemic. Um, we've never been able to function. And so imagine when we were planning a year ahead of time in 2020 that we, we would hold an event in 2021. That people, it was crazy to even think we could do it, um, but we did it, you know, and that worked out well. And then you got to see what it looked like in 2022, your buddy Bill after. Uh, uh, oh, Bill, oh, oh, my buddy Bill I after saw a lot of things. Shove Bill after his head up a horse's ass. 
That's how the weekend ended, Dan. Let's cover this. Let's make sure everybody. I'm trying to check out of the hotel. You two idiots are over there screwing around and you're shoving after his head up a horse's ass. It's 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 a feud. It's a feud that has been going on for decades, literally for decades. I think the first time that I ever met Bill after we 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 just we just hit it off. He's got a great sense of humor of him. And uh he had uh it's called cow c-o-w his cow championship belt which is a cardboard belt that uh, their staff members made all the designs coloration stuff like that and the uh the matches always had to take place inside of an office so it was uh uh literally he had me he had me in, in, in uh you know a finishing hold at the point that and as my hands were flailing above my head you know i i i my head hit a garbage can i thought oh weapon reach back grabbed it came up there beamed him and then basically it, it, i ended up winning his cardboard belt from him and literally he hadn't seen it in several years and i i forget where i was being i was being inducted into something else and bill after happened to be in a crowd and then literally part of my speech, I, I swung on, I, I did all my accepted portion. And then they go, now I have to take this moment here to point out a fraud who is amongst us. And then basically I I, I went, I, I started cutting a promo on Bill After. And then and then I had a I had a belt bag up there. And he was shocked when I pulled out the cow championship belt and I basically gave it back to him. So he had on display. So I mean, he literally, he, he again, I, I bet was home on a few different occasions. I wrestled his son, who was known as El Brando at that point in time. And uh, I just had, I mean, to me, as I go, it gives sometimes just grown men just the opportunity to live childhood memories once again. That's all it is. Brother, you but, but, but again, go, going back to that whole Hall of Fame, so it, it, there was so much fun. At the event, I, you know, just wait as people were meeting each other. You, you got, you got Dory Funk Jr. that's out there cracking his whip right now, thinking, you know, <laughs> I want to get out. I want to get out of the way there. I just don't know what kind of range he's got on that whip here. But uh, he uh, he was cracking that whip there, and, and uh, people just couldn't couldn't believe how he could just get that thing just just to go in there. So, but just then other, who were some just list some of the people that that people could they could have seen, you know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do, do a list, but I'll do it with connections. So when you talked about Dory Funk, who of course was there with his beautiful wife, Marty, but Dory was then hearing other people speak and he would hear names come up. I was at the table with him and, and with Jody Malenko, you know, who people, maybe a lot of people don't know, but Jody Malenko could twist people into a pretzel. Uh, um, so it, it's interesting to hear Dory Funk Jr., as he's hearing names read from the podium and making comments to Jody about, hey, I know that, or I know that move. And then of course, Ted DiBiase was there and I'll refer to him as Ted DiBiase, although come on, he is the million dollar man, but man. And Ted, who was there to induct Dory Jr. But as you saw during the weekend, like when those gentlemen were able to just go have a private dinner in the restaurant and just reconnect, um, I was there when Manny Fernandez showed up after driving from Texas and Booker T, of course, you know, uh, was there. And I didn't know, but Manny Fernandez in the early 90s used to book GCW and he used to book Harlem Heat. 
So those two guys love each other, you know, uh, and, and hadn't seen each other in quite a while. I happen to be right there when they're reconnecting. Then you got J.J. Dillon and Bill After. They're our tag team champions. Uh, they both serve on our board uh, uh, with us. Um, uh, and and th those two are, you know, like a comedy routine by themselves, you know. And oh, just just give them just give them the microphone and just turn them loose. Yep. Well, we'll get what on the uh, what was it? What what night that uh, I, I actually I was thoroughly entertained by Bill After because he actually does does like a like a one hour stand up routine something <laughs> like that. I mean, and, and literally, I don't know how much of it is ad libbed. I, I just think he's been doing it for so long that he's got kind of a script, but he can he can zing and zag with with the best of them. That was the Bill After uh, one man show or After Hours party. Yeah, that. Uh, that's hilarious, you know. Uh, oh, it is, and, and he's good about he's good about incorporating all kinds of people that are in the audience. Who's ever there? I mean, well, again, he's because of his knowledge, because of, of, of writing so many different articles and magazines over the years. He knows all of these people. So, and he and he's had them at, at his home and at or in his office. I want to make sure I also mention Cody Hall was there, uh, an aspiring younger wrestler, that very big guy. And, you know, people always refer to him as Scott Hall's son, you know, Razor Ramon. But Cody is his own man. And it was great to have him there with us as well. Um, and uh, I was actually shocked as to how tall he was as well. I'm thinking, holy moly, this, this, this young man is, he's a tower. He's got to be six eight, six nine. Oh, easily! I, I'm thinking, wow! I mean, I kept thinking he's a professional wrestler. Was he a basketball player? I, I mean, I, I I don't know more of his I, background. I'm at all. six five two seventy, and I was looking up at him. You know, wow. and, yeah. Uh, and, and then the other again, how about Jake Shannon? Right? Uh, who? Oh. How many? You know, again, maybe pro wrestling world isn't as familiar, but if you know grappling and if you know training with a mace and if you know, uh, uh, you know, Billy Robinson and Carl Gotch and, and catches catch can wrestling, um, you know, Jake is is the, the, the guru. Yeah, no, he's, he's a historian himself there on that. Now, I, I had several conversations with Jake there uh, uh, throughout the course of that weekend as well. I mean, that was, I, I had a fantastic time. I actually kind of wish that the weekend was didn't, didn't have to end, but it was just, it was a, it was great. It was a very well thought out. There were things taking place at all times and people could attend all kinds of different types of functions. And and, and then to finish it off with like the, the, the uh, that, that breakfast of, uh, was it breakfast of champions? Yes, sir. Is it? Yeah. I want to make sure I was saying it the correct way. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, Dan, because I don't enjoy it while it's going on, if that makes sense. You know, in fact, it's not well, like a couple weeks later. It's not fun for me, you know. It's well, because you're worried about everything going off right. You're you're looking for this. You're looking at the timetables. Does everything take place? I, I get it. What 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 what's going through your mind? You can't not until the dust settles. Can you actually go back and breathe a deep sigh and go, okay, we succeeded. You know. Uh, in fact, I got to give credit. There's a gentleman, Mac Davis, who's big in pro wrestling. He's out of Georgia. Mac works a lot with Teddy Long. He produces those videos that he keeps putting out. Um, and that helped. He's the one who was doing the technical support during our dinner that kept the two screens on each side. See, okay. Dan, that's what I want people to know. If you weren't at our 
if you haven't been to our events, we run them like they're the like the Emmy Awards or something like that, where we've got the podium in the middle, we've got two video screens on the side, we've got professional announcers. And again, now get that that was kind of it was comical because when <laughs> when when Mike Menudo went behind the the podium right there. But between having the championship belt set up there, I mean, I think we you saw the top of Mike's head is what you saw. So it was great that they had the screens. It was, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that was, so Mike was up there, and, and what a great part of the weekend as he was inducting Fred Beal, who was from the early 1900s and had beat Frank Gotch. I think in 1906 or something like that. I may be wrong. I apologize if I'm wrong. I think I don't think I'm wrong though. But uh, and that we had from um, Marshfield, Wisconsin, the chief of police come to our event because Fred Beal, after being a champion wrestler, was then killed in the line of duty in 1933, and he's revered in that community for his service as on the police force, and the. And now we were able to give to them a replica of our bronze plaque. By the way, but that's what sets us apart as a Hall of Fame. We actually have legitimate, bona fide, nice bronze plaques for each of our inductees. Um, put together by- I, 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 wish on, I wish on that note, I could have been going, yep, right there. But, but I, I, I have that back actually at, at, my, at my home here right now. <laughs> um, but uh, what we did was, because I'm from New York, I went to Yankee Stadium and I said, who did their work? And that's who we hired to do our work. Um, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, so nice. I'll give a shout out. The company is U.S. Bronze. And I'll say that because they, they gave us that free plaque that we gave to the uh, Marshfield, Wisconsin Police Department to represent Fred Beal. Uh, so that's why Mike Lanuda was up there. So and, and that turned into one of the key events of the weekend. I mean, people were emotional over that part. No, again, because it, it was more than just professional. The way that that, that uh, you, I think that you brought in, you, you brought the community together. And I, I think that was uh, what made it even more special. It's, I mean, professional wrestling, it, it, it's one thing right there, but but it's uh, just the way that each of the, the people that were involved in it, the way that uh, way that you guys, how you conducted yourself, how you handled things, it, it, was, it was first class operation all the way through. Um, and uh, again, you said that, that it always takes place the last weekend in August. That is correct. So, well, Dan, I, so I, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it, you know, I'm not used to people complimenting and that and it's so difficult. That's why I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I told you openly that I didn't enjoy the event while I was the one hosting it. And then I'm, after the event, all you do is get the uh, uh, opinions of individuals shared with you. And even though you know okay. it went well, like I, why, why do I let, why do I dismiss the positive? And by the way, not that I whine about the negative, I take that negative and I turn it into the fuel to do better and to do more. But why the fuck do I let that drive me crazy, you know? Well, let me bring Mr. Fry in here for a moment. Okay, Don? Yes, sir. How often do I, how often do I compliment people on a job well done? I don't, I don't know if I've ever, ever heard you do that, sir. 
Well, see, there, there, there you go. I, I'm, 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 I'm usually a pretty tough customer on a lot of different things there. So it's, uh, you didn't let me down there, Don, whatsoever. I actually thought it was going to be a little more, a little bit more cantankerous there, but that's all right. You know, Just you didn't let me down old, on that. Fat, the old fat brother cooks biscuits down the road, you know. <laughs> but no, oh, okay. I, true story. I spent, I spent a good part of this afternoon watching Don Fry highlights. True story. When, when you told me, Dan, that, that we were going to do this podcast, I said, you know, let me, let me, let me uh, take a walk down memory lane. See who the fuck Don Fry is, huh? <laughs> no, I, I remembered it distinctly, but man, that was, it's what, it's what I told Dan well, uh, when I met him. Back in the 90s, I, I so distinctly remember when UFC was, was coming up. Uh, we may or may not have had one of those black boxes that allowed you to get all of the, the, the pay-per-views and things like that. I, um, but that, that time frame, the world changed based on what you guys had done. And I, and I said that to Dan and, 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 and the same to you, uh, Don, because people have to go back and remember Maybe in the 80s or 90s, if you got in a fight in a bar or something, people would maybe punch each other in the nose or something. But nobody knew about grappling or, uh, you know, I, I won't go into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever you want to talk about. But when, when that UFC came on TV, it was groundbreaking. You know, we had, you'd never seen anything like that anywhere. You know, what was there? Boxing, which you knew was fixed because you were sick of watching Don King. You know, Tyson was great, but nobody could fight him. So, uh, you know, what he did, Evander Holyfield's here. There was nothing to watch. Pro wrestling, you knew what that was. Then came mixed martial arts. What the hell is this? That that was so groundbreaking at that time. Now it, people are, are in a world where it's just been around. But you got to go back to that mid-1990s and what the UFC was from that period to 2000 man it was you guys you guys shook up the world well it was, it was different yeah it was, it, it, to tell you what the gracies the gracies changed um a mix uh changed martial arts from what everybody knew because it, it went from stand up to the ground skills groundwork you know and they was a, and uh it just shook everything up yeah and uh, I, I, I told Dan, I distinctly remember when he had walked into the octagon and started giving suplexes. And again, <laughs> we were like, what the hell is this? And you landed like four or five suplexes on the guy with long, long blonde hair right away. And we we're, we're in our fraternity house in upstate New York. We fucking erupted. Like, <laughs> I was in erupted when that happened. Well, see, again, I don't know if I told you over the course of that weekend, but I always say that my first profession was, as of the 1992 Olympics, I jumped into professional wrestling training. That's, that was my first profession. And then uh, when in the uh, NW94, uh, that's when the Ultimate Fighting Championship, actually, technically, December 1993, but I always, always just simply say, well, by 1994, uh you know, I, I, I became aware of it during that time frame, and that was my first time being involved with it because, like, the the internet uh, and pay-per-views was not as prevalent as it is today. I'm, I was living in Little Coldwater, Michigan, and, uh, you know, I 
we, we weren't going to get pay-per-views. You had to be over the Detroit area, up, up, up in the Lansing area, up in the, you know, Bay City, you had to be something bigger. But now today you can watch it right on the comfort of your own cell phone now and uh, watch different types of pay-per-views. So, you know, technology has gone a long ways to really help out, uh, really to help out, you know, the notoriety uh, for anything and everything. You know, while I got you guys too, let's also go back and talk about the tournament style that you had to go through, which is very different than now in the modern era where they're showing up and having one match. In order for you guys to go through, you were fighting four or five fights a night. So you had to have that endurance. Well, well Seth, Seth, you need to elaborate a little bit more on that. Back, the predecessor to mixed martial arts was NHB, which stood for No Holes Barred. Uh, mixed martial arts, the product of mixed martial arts now currently has either 47 or 49 rules to it. Uh, back in the No Holes Barred era, it had two rules, no biting, no, no eye gouging. And even then, those more guidelines. They were not. They were not grounds for disqualification. Were they? Were they, Don? No, no. no. It, 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 stop it, that. It, yeah, it's like uh, okay, you know, you know, slap your hand. Okay, give him his eyeball back, and don't, don't, don't do that again. Yeah, and again, I say that kind of kidly, but and yet there was a match where one gentleman ended up getting his eye raped and eventually losing eyesight in that eye itself and there was no repercussion to the athlete because like i said those were the rules that people abided to i mean i i still remember signing that contract and reading that little fine print at the bottom going in the event of your accidental death i'm thinking gee he can't bite me he can't stick his finger in his eye there's a whole lot of other ways you could take your death uh, your life without ever violating those two rules there so again sometimes you have to keep reminding people that there was a different time era but the thing i guess i was really getting trying to go to and i really want to kind of pose this to don because how many of today's athletes especially the, these young mixed martial artists could go to an event it, okay you know that you are one of these eight participants because in the beginning you're one of eight but you only found out who the other seven men because women weren't competing until like the early 2000s and then and, and i go you 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 saw the other seven men on a friday night press conference because again there's no weight class you're at a press conference and the first time ever you the 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 the, the uh, mediator he says all, all athletes please come up to the uh, head stage area there's eight, eight chairs at that point he's in the middle there and he's like athlete number 1 please stand up and it might be Hoist Gracie and he'll say this is Hoist Gracie he stands this this tall he weighs this much his uh martial art is this and or his, his fighting discipline is this and whatever else and then he goes he sits down then, then contestant number 2 and then they, they run all down the line. After they've introduced the eight participants, they pull out a bingo ball machine that has eight names on the balls and you spin it around a few times. You pull up ball number two, it might be like Ken Shamrock and then spin it again. It might be like a Mark Coleman. And, and you find out, you find out for the first time. First off, you just met the other seven participants for the first time ever. 
and you now find out who your first opponent is going to be less than 24 hours before you're going to climb the cage. And I can't run to my, I can't run to my cell phone and Google or ask Siri, you know, who is this? Who's Don Fry? What's his fighting discipline? Are there any videotapes on to him? You know, today, all that's in place, but back then, none of that was in place. I mean, literally, it was the wild, wild west. And you, who who better than a Don Fry there? I mean, look at that. Put where's your cowboy hat on there, Don? I mean, you 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 got that cowboy hat. I mean, he is he is the original cowboy from that that era there. Because when you look at the fact that you you don't know the set, but he actually has a blacksmith. Uh, background there as well, horses, things of that nature. So that is a cowboy in, in a lot of different sense there. But uh, he also was one of my wrestlers when I was coaching at Arizona State University, and he lived with a couple of my younger brothers. So I know I, I know Don much like a brother and, and the aspects there. So when uh, people say, "Well, did you help Don Fry?" I go, "I only helped Don Fry get into the UFC." I go, "Don Fry is the person that kicked that door wide open, and he made." His own impression, and he's been in probably three or four of the most highlighted fighting matches for just crash, bang, boom. Yes, a lot of crash, bang, boom. Jesus, those body shots have me sore. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, oh, I hope they had to help me have my opponent sore today. And when you just sit there, and when, it, when I was watching, it, there's no muscles to cover those lower floating ribs. So with each one of those, I'm like, oh, there's a spleen. There's a liver. Oh, my God. That guy must have been pissing blood for a month. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Get well cards were being handed out at that point. That, but again, Seth, the fun part about that would always be the tournament's over, and then there would always be the after fight party where you you had to show up in order to get your your check you know at that point in time so you always wondered going to the after fight party what kind of physical altercation is going to take place because you know now they're drinking there's no reference uh there's no one to restrain you so you just you just don't know how many altercations wow. ever took place yeah. i never saw i never i never saw anything take place but uh you know i'm sure it happened I didn't even know there was an after fight party. See, this is why this is why you need to talk a little bit more. This, this stuff evaporates otherwise. Well, they, they used to refer to it as a black tie affair. We used to refer to it as the black eye affair because most everyone that showed up had a shiner or two, yeah, shiner, a broken nose, whatever. So they were a, a big old bandage on the side of their head, cauliflower ear. <laughs> yeah, so no, it was. Uh, I don't even know if the UFC even does that anymore. That was all back during that that no hold barred era. Oh, I'm sure they do. They I'm sure they sell barred. tickets like like Pride used to. Pride would sell tickets to it, you know, for the fans come in and and uh, you know get their autographs. But they they would still make more money off of, of not just the event but the after party itself. So, yeah, I think well, actually both when you look at the weigh-ins that take place on, yeah. on a, you know again they just still do all the weigh-ins that, that to get the right. stage for the for all the fans and it's uh money on know, top of money on so. top of money yeah hell, hell, I mean, again, we, as a business it, I don't know about you but hell they didn't have weigh-ins when I was there and they didn't have a scale or anything they just took your word for it you know <laughs> how much you weigh <laughs> how tall are you 
Well, I, I think if they, well, again, I don't think that the UFC even had a scale. I think you just stood, yeah, I think you just stood up there, just like you said, you stood up there and they just basically just read off your credentials. So, I mean, you could have, I could have said I weighed 150 pounds instead of weighing hey. 265 pounds. You have a season since you're 12 years old. Dan, you said that you confused them when they when they asked what your fighting style was, and you said it was American wrestling. Well, I, I, well, the uh, the gal when I was when she was filling out the information for the the announcer, she, it, when she read down on list, she goes, "Well, what's your fight style?" I'd never been asked that question before. And I just paused for a moment there, and I'm like, "Going, I'm an American wrestler." Well, she had never heard that response, so she just kind of like looks left and right. Then she leans on in. She goes, "What exactly does that do?" And so I just kind of mimicked her. I go, I go look left and right, and I lean down and I go, "You might want to watch." I'm kind of making this up as I go, you know. And and again, because I always tell people that I just never really got into any just to cuff some brawls and things of that nature. I mean, it was, uh, you know, but 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 international. I always tell people my international amateur wrestling background really helped me out a great deal in preparation for this because. Wrestling inside the United States, it's nice. It's civilized. But when you're in a foreign country, on that foreign soil, you have that foreign opponent, there's a lot of countries that do not like the Americans. It's Again, all depends on what kind of propaganda their country is spewing about America, uh, you know, and uh, you know, vice versa. So it, it's our, our own country, the propaganda that our country keeps spewing all the time. So it's... Uh, Against its own people. Yes. Well, again, there's t t today's world right now. It's it's a, there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of shit being slung around here. That's all I know. And, and people are no longer accountable for what comes out of their mouth. I right. mean, it, it, again, but, but we have Barack Obama to think about that one because he's one that that uh, no longer allows uh, media to uh, be accountable for what comes out. Be prior to uh, him giving the green light. I mean, if you if you said something. Uh, slanderous or something like this. I mean, you were held liable, and that, that's a shame because I mean, it's a uh, you can come up with complete lies right now and say things that to where if people have never met you before, th they might go, "Well, it's got to be true." This guy said it on, on the news network, and again, you got to look at, you know, what are the ratings for CNN and CNN? You know, what are their ratings, and, and what kind of a credibility do they have now? And versus other types of stations that are out there. I mean, it just. I, I wish people were back to that point where you you had to say truthful statements. Otherwise, you were liable for what came out of your mouth. So, or or you had to say those statements to the individual, not uh, by typing something on your phone and posting it uh, on, oh. in a faceless or nameless way, or or where you're hundreds of miles away, or again where you don't have to have that face-to-face -face conversation, you know? Uh, yeah, I think Don refers to them as the, the keyboard warriors, yes. You know, they they, they don't have no physicality, but you ought to see them on that cell phone with those double thumbs going there, or they're on, on that laptop going. In the emotions well, for yourself. But see, see Dan, you were, you were um, sort of sharing some insight there about the bigger media, but if I relate it back to something I was talking about earlier, you know, coming out of our, our, our induction weekend, and I would hear a complaint from somebody or they would post something or be a stupid little comment or somebody would send you send me a message. Uh, they, they wanted to, to get into the most petty little things. Uh, I would 
again, it was too, it's too easy for them to get in contact with you. Oh, you know, it used to be, again, you had to schedule an appointment or go see someone physically, but now someone I barely know is sending me a direct message and expects for me to be answering them, or they'll send an email and want a, a, a rapid response. Meanwhile, what I, what I realized, I can't focus my energy there. I need to focus on our mission. I need to focus on our goals. And if I'm spending one minute answering these people who have some petty complaint, then I'm not spending that energy focused on the, the, the objectives that I've set for ourselves. And that's what we need to be doing. And so, um, you know, it, but it, it's, a, it's a, boy, it's a mental test to be able to uh, withstand that negativity. And Dan, I'm going to go back to the big family. I had three older brothers. And if they knew something bothered you, they were going to Really, really now. What's the name, Dan, that your family tells you that gets you going crazy? Because <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Everyone knows in, in that family about what, how to get your, get your goat. You betcha. Yeah, so you know. that, that for me was always the best training because I realized, wait, the people who I care about know how to piss me off, but I don't care about these other people. So what do I care what their opinions are? And, and unfortunately, you just, you, you don't, they get pissed off, but you're not giving them any energy. You're not giving them any daylight. Uh, but I do still use that. I call it my tackling fuel from the water boy. You know, he always needed his tackling. That's my tackling fuel. So, you know, I like, so keep talking shit, keep, keep saying negative things, because that's just going to drive me to keep kicking ass and to yes. do it even better. Well, again, that, that, that's, you, you already know that if, if they're, if they're coming after you negatively, stuff like this, obviously you're already, you're already over on them in, in the first place. So they're just trying to, you're trying to take you down a few pegs and to me, it's like going, you know, I, I don't let none of that stuff ever bother me. I try to always hang around as many, uh, associate with as many positive people as possible. Because I always say that you can, you can brainwash yourself positive the same way that you can brainwash yourself negatively. Anyone that watches the news right now, uh, there's nothing but this garbage after garbage after garbage that's on there. It, it, even sometimes I get, I get sometimes get tired of just hearing, so the positive stuff too too much right there. But well, it, Dan, uh, let me shoehorn in our organization, the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. All right, because you got to see it in person. Yes. Uh, we are there. I hate to. I want to break it to people. We are. We're actually not about pro wrestling. We're about helping people. Okay. And Dan, you were there during our our dinner when we in, uh, gave a, a nice medal of metal to Azalea Farkas. Uh, she was a, a beautiful young lady who loves pro wrestling, uh, but has to overcome some very significant obstacles, uh, uh, being deaf and, and uh, having some other uh, conditions, which uh, again, she has to overcome these obstacles, but she loves her pro wrestling. And so that evening was about Azalea, or that evening was about Anthony DePippo, the gentleman that you and I were speaking about who was wrongfully imprisoned for over 20 years and has been exonerated uh, and who just loved pro wrestling and just wa wanted so bad to be involved in pro wrestling. And we helped him by working with him for the last year where on Friday night he got to step in the ring and he got to do some things with Booker T and myself and, and uh, some tag teams. Uh, um, uh, um, so 
you know, that's what it was all about. And by the way, what did I do? I got an email complaining about why was I in the ring with that guy and I hadn't trained here <laughs> ever else. I'm not kidding. That was one of those complaints. Oh my God. Do I answer that guy? Because in the meantime, for Anthony, that weekend was life-changing. You know, again, this guy suffered in prison for over 20 years. We said that what where other people had to go fight a match in a ring or he was fighting for his life in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And yeah. that has introduced us to lots of other people who are involved with the Innocence Project. And you start looking to your left and right, realizing, wow, we've got some issues here, you know? Um, how how do you get 20 years back of your life? I mean, they, okay, that's gone, wrongfully gone. And uh, I know we, we were talking a little bit off, off the air there about that, but the fact that uh, it wasn't until... Uh, more things uh, improved in the like the forensics type of area of law enforcement and that that they were able to prove that it was not Anthony and they were able to find out who it actually was in the process, correct? Well, yeah, Anthony had to continue during this entire duration to advocate for himself and basically become a lawyer himself. And um, what I understand, and by the way, it's very well documented. There's a Rolling Stone article uh, that that covers all of this, and um, there's some documentaries that are coming out. But as well, uh, 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 they he eventually was able to introduce as part of the argument evidence that related to the another individual who had committed the crime, but who is in prison in another state. Uh, so the, they would they were the courts had refused to allow his defense to introduce information that was condemning to the, another person. Uh, they, so they continued to not allow that evidence. And Anthony, through his diligence, was able to finally get that introduced. And that's when the story shifted and it was clear he didn't do it. This other guy did. So um, I don't want, I'm not an attorney. I don't want to, you know, be the guy on record, but that's what my understanding of. of yeah, that. no, no, great. Actually, even while, you, while you're telling me, tell us where I'm listening to you, but then I'm looking at the back of, of this coffee bag and, and it, simply says, it simply says, when you've got no fight left in you, I'm thinking, what a great slogan to have on there. When you got no fight left in you, but then turn it right back around because I want people to see the actual the front of it because it's, it's, it's got the the hot tag. I mean, cause you go, when, you, when you see the front and then you see the back, I think it's great marketing on that whatsoever. Now with this being called hot tag, is it because it's hot coffee or is there a spiciness to this coffee? No, just a very strong dark roast coffee. So Oh, so it's, it's that kind nice, of coffee that's going to make you get, nice get ready and fire it up. Roast. That's right. So when you got no fight left in you, get the hot tag. That's yeah, it, nice. It, it, Right. Great marketing by Motor Oil Coffee, uh, who happened to just be opening around the same time. So that, let's give credit to Mike Lanuto. I told you he was the financial guy. So what's he doing? He's out there hustling, getting us the sponsorship. And, uh, uh, um, you know, so uh, well, again, the, the holidays are not that far off. And again, th th those are some great little Christmas type stockings, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving. A lot of relatives will be over Thanksgiving, Christmas, New you Year's. Those. What I saw was collectors were buying these, not even to drink it, but to just keep it. So, yeah, and, and again, because uh, I'm, I'm gonna go back because I know that you're not going to do it, but I'm gonna bring it up again. But, but there are people 
that want to get involved to your www.prowrestlinghall.org. That's right. That's people that, that want to get involved and, and they can make they can make donations. I mean, is, is that is that a way that, that that they can do it? But but these, if they do, if they want to make a contribution or something of like that nature, they can do something like this. And 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 this is a tax write off for them. That's right. Uh, uh, so again, so yes, go to www.prowrestlinghall.org or find us on social media. Uh, we've got a very active Facebook group, and we're on the other social medias as well. I I'm not on them, so uh, but. Uh, yeah, find I mean, us. Well, kid, kid, kid. Actually, I mean, it is okay. Is the Facebook page? Is it the International Professionals Hall of Fame? I, yes, it is. Yep. So you okay. can get that in for a search, and uh, um, well, yeah, again, they right? <laughs> they should see a lot of different pictures of there. I mean, it was. Uh, <laughs> There's lots of videos. Uh, we had the panel discussion. We didn't talk about that, which was very educational. Um, uh, that's something that that's that's. Uh, uh, unique to our event where we had uh, I think five individuals uh, yourself Booker T Bill after um uh geez, who else? Uh, JJ well, I mean I, I think I think I think there's actually more than I know JJ Dillon was a part of that and uh um I thought there's like six or seven and, and also Bushwhacker yeah Bush oh god you gotta love Bushwhacker Luke that's the guy he's, what, he's what, 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 what a great character what a great character and someone who has been wrestling for seven different decades. Think about that. And and is still out there and can still perform. No, nah, that's that's fantastic. You know, it's uh like I said, it just uh, you know, I, I was there, I just smiling almost the entire time because of just different different people and and just the the people that, that are just talking to you and you're interacting with you can't uh, you can't help but but be happy about that. And we're, we've already talked, we brought it up a couple of times, but we're still going to bring it up again that uh, this event, it takes place uh, the, uh, the, the, the last weekend and the last weekend in August. So uh, people start marking your calendars now because uh, there'll be people. I know that I've been talking to you already or Seth of uh, days that we could do just for the, the following year, because I, I like what you guys did. I had a chance to meet with so many other people at the time. I just simply liked, I liked the uh, well the individuals that that are that are running this, but that also it's being run as a business. And I I just I like all the things that that you guys stand for and what uh, what you're trying to do with this. And 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 rest assured, I'll be bringing in a few different belts when I come back in the next time, and so so we can help to uh, uh, bring in the, a few more people there to uh, to bring in this. But I, I, you know, now that Mr. Fry is back, I, I need to kind of gloat here just a little bit. Uh, so, can you embellish a little bit more one more time there about this Trailblazer Award and what, how, how that dignifies me to receive something like that? Yeah, yeah, I want to hear this one too. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, let's let's give credit where it's due. All right. And so, all jokes aside, uh, uh, Dan uh, East Severin was selected for the 2022 Trailblazer Award. Uh, he does have a plaque which hangs in our Hall of Fame, and we gifted him a beautiful. See, in the plaque. Hall of Fame, they're not, not in the bathroom, in the Hall of Fame. Okay, all right. <laughs> you should have your ring out here now to show him a little bit of the bling. Well, again, I, I, I should, I, I did not make that. Th those are both over in cold water right now with the, the, the plaque and the ring, both. I mean, that, I mean, I, that ring is so impressive looking. I kept thinking, 
I, I, I kept thinking, well, again, I, I was like, how do they know my ring size here? Because it actually I put it out in a fit. So they could, wow, this is incredible. But it, it's something that would make Liberace, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, wanting or something like that because it's, it's such a, a big, big, gaudy, impressive looking type of a ring. I th well, thank you. I designed all of that. And if you look, did you really look inside the ring, by the way, and you will see an ankle lock. That's right. There's inside the ring. There's a hidden figure. That's right. See, oh, my goodness, there. the hit, hidden figure. I'm, I'm, I'm actually myself with those here. Yep, you'll see, you'll see uh, uh, a Boston crab is on the side of it, and uh, then and on the inside, you'll see an ankle lock. I was trying to do a spinning toehold to recognize the funks, but I couldn't couldn't quite get the graphic uh, to come out on a on a toehold. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, um, but the, uh, Dan, the Trailblazer Award. Let's go back to this again. You were selected uh, by the Board of Trustees, and that was in recognition of your having uh, bridged the gap between mixed martial arts and professional wrestling, and. Uh, we've got to give credit to where it's due. You really did uh, blaze the trail there, which now has been walked by the likes of Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar and, and uh, uh, Ken Shamrock and lots of others. But you were in, and by the way, what I love is you were in pro wrestling first, then you were in mixed martial arts. And yeah. then you told the story uh, at, at our induction of how having knowledge of the ring ropes benefited you as you went into what were the tough guy competitions. Yes, the, 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 the psychology aspect of, of, of learning the psychology of how to how to work the audience, the, the crowd there to where again, you know, the baby you face typically is all looking for that that uh, positive and clapping. Go go ahead, sorry. You yeah. also talked about that you were your first um uh, uh, a tough guy competition was being held in a ring and you knew that you took that big guy, pushed him off the ropes, caught his inertia as he came back and then rubber band. <laughs> and that, that, that again, that was that knowledge of, of knowing how the ring was going to work uh, that yeah. paid dividends into the, what became mixed martial arts. So, so that's where the selection for the Trailblazer Award had come from. Uh, we stand by our selection, Don, uh, by the way. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, see, see, Don, they, they weren't asking for the award back afterwards, okay? So they weren't asking for it back. If you've got something to say about it, you can talk to our pal, The Beast, okay? Obviously, you didn't ask for him to put, put a down payment on anything. <laughs> okay, but Don, you could ask Seth. If I was wearing my fanny pack, you see, didn't ask him about that there, okay? <laughs> I believe you were. <laughs> not, not, not when you received the not, not when you received the induction, but I no, actually, so I, 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 full of those finger those finger foods, you know, so you have them to eat on the drive home. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, there we go. Mister Fry did does not let me down. Did not let me down whatsoever. But Dan, so, you talk, you've talked about our event. You've talked about our website. Let's remind everybody we are a bona fide Hall of Fame at the MVP Arena in Albany, New York. Um, again, we are the only real Hall of Fame museum that's dedicated to professional wrestling. Um, and uh, 
you know, we want to invite people to come on out. We're, we're limited in 2022, but if you contact us, we will set up tours. So go to our website, send us an email. Uh, that's prowrestlinghall.org. Uh, uh, we'll set up individual tours or we'll do field trips for classes, uh, but not until 2023 will we be open, you know, regularly. No, again, I just, again, all the stuff that you guys have, have done, what you're standing for, uh, the, the the project that you're working on in the future. I mean, uh, definitely uh, you can count on the, me being there for the uh, the 2023 event taking place. And I'm going to be looking to try to help bring in additional people to it. So uh, just, I mean, having you on the podcast is just one aspect of it, but uh, I'm sure we'll have you on, on, on a few more times prior to the event, uh, yeah, next year's event. I'd ask you to give us some artifacts to display, but all you did was wear a black trunks and boots. I don't know what the hell. Was... Well, the gray t-shirt. Yeah, the gray t-shirt. A, a, a gray t-shirt with with a sweat <laughs> ring onto it. You know, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> that was that was so classic and iconic. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, we want to put that out there again to uh, to people who've been in pro wrestling or the families of pro wrestlers. If you do want to perhaps give us some artifacts on loan, uh, we would appreciate that. We do want to. Uh, we'll give you clear documentation and and maintain insurance on those artifacts during while we have them. Uh, uh, so so we do want to encourage people to contact us for those types of things as well. Uh, again, we want to have a rotating uh, um, display. So it. All this grand prizes that you receive. What's the what's the one item you're most proud of in your Hall of Fame? Besides Dan Severin, of course. Um, well, I would think that okay. What was really impressive to me is is, is the the boots that you had in there from Andre the Giant. Uh, First off, no, we didn't. Have, I don't. I don't think those were Andres. They were the. Um, I think they were. Uh, I think they were Bam Bam Bigelow's, but they were pretty big. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, all I know is that the size of that boot, I'm thinking, holy moly, look at the size of that boot right there. I'm going to go with Bruno San Martino's original WWWF uh, championship belt because I personally procured that um, in May of 2020 and got it uh, through a, through an auction, but it was the San Martino family directly, and then I subsequently became friendly with the San Martino family. But when you look back through history, Bruno's the man. Bruno is just the man. And uh, for me to be uh, someone not affiliated with a large company, and at that time, again, May of 2020, and th that artifact was going to auction. I, I got tipped off about it, but I couldn't talk to anyone about it. I couldn't tell anybody what I was trying to do because that would have put a spotlight on it. And then I, you know, had to really calculate, could I do this? How do I do it? And when we, you know, when I pulled that off, whew, that, that was something. So uh, I'm going to go with Bruno San Martino's championship belt. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's a big deal. Well, then, then let me go into a Bruno San Martino uh, story here then real quick. It's uh, I had never I had never met Bruno at, at this point in time. And then I get a phone call out of the blue. Again, cell phones were not all that great now, not all that prevalent at the time. But I get a phone call on my cell phone out of the blue from Bruno San Martino. Wow. I was early on in my professional wrestling 
uh, career and stuff like that. And I had the NWA belt, and he just he he was very complimentary. Just saying, he goes, I he goes, young man. He goes, I hear all the good things that you do with the belt. Keep up the good work, and uh, I just couldn't believe. It. I mean, first off, how did he, how did he get my cell phone number? And then uh, you know, you know, then he calls me up out of the blue like that. And then I just remember going to a show, and I knew he was going to be there. And I went, I went out of my way to go there to uh, meet the man and shake hands with him we had a great conversation I, I did not know that long but uh all i again hearing the stories about how he would sell out the madison square garden every time you know just with just having bruno san martino on there sell out boom right there alone because he was he was so beloved by so many people so well, well the way i by the way I, I i want you to imagine the conversation when i had to go to my wife and say, honey, I'd like to spend some money and buy a wrestling belt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're a much braver, you're a much braver man than me there, Seth. <laughs> okay. But here's what happened. We were again, this was in in March, April of 2020. COVID's hitting. We had taken my in-laws who were in their 80s and from Italy, Italian immigrants are living with us. And I said, look, this belt is, is available. I'd like to, you know, give it a shot. I want to, you know, try, try to maneuver some things. And my wife, of course, was not buying it. So we watched a Bruno San Martino documentary with two 80-year-old Italian immigrants. By the time that video was done, <laughs> her father said, if you don't buy it, I'm buying it. <laughs> wow. You were stacking the deck in your favor there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, but, but again, when you go back to what a quality individual, and that's what makes it that valuable and, and forget that he was uh, 12 years as the champion, Bruno had been uh, uh, born in Italy, uh, had to grow up with the Nazis uh, taking over his town. He had to be barely survived in the mountains when you hear his story. And then, and again, my mother-in-law had left from Naples in the very same ports where he had left. Uh, to come to the U.S. And then, you know, he came here. He was a small, weak guy who just kept eating and lifting weights and wrestling and then went on to dominate the entire pro wrestling world. And because of those hardships, he didn't have to take the crap from Vince McMahon Sr. down the road uh, because he knew he'd, he'd already survived these very difficult times uh, and wasn't going to be manipulated by people. He knew his worth and he was going to command his worth, which is, you know, not stuff that's yeah. so admirable. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't hear about that too often you know, whatsoever. So, no, it's, uh, like I said, just uh, again, just, just a great story, a, a great man, and then have. His belt on display there. Wow. So what's, what's, what's your opinion about Triple H? Since you're got on Vince McMahon, what, what's your opinion about Triple H taking over for Vince? I don't I don't think Vince has not got his hand in control at it. If you think that for a second. He hasn't stepped away. <laughs> you can't live that that your entire life and then say you're going to ride off into the sunset. So, uh uh, I don't know. I'm not on the inside loop on that stuff. God bless them. I hope everybody figures it out. You know, I got nothing to, you know, that's, that's their business. Oh, you know, 
you know, he'll show up somewhere down the road underneath a hood, a mask somehow. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, the people with WWE are always very good with us. They've helped uh, our organization to um, uh, do some things for some needy individuals along the way, you know, and, and they don't ask for credit for a lot of the good philanthropic work that they do, but I, I do need to give credit. The WWE does a lot of good things for a lot of good people. Um, and it, the individuals with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, individuals who have- Yeah, I, I was getting ready to say uh, Make-A-Wish, they're really, they're really big with, yeah. So again, just to see how these children just smile when they see their their superstar that they they love, you bet, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not- I'm not going to be one of the online marks who, you know, is going to opine on, you know, what, what they think should have happened and which match should have took place. Or, I mean, I, I barely even watch the stuff because I'm too busy doing my, my, I'm doing my shit. I don't have time to, who's got three hours on a Monday night. I, I, I'm, a, I'm in bed by 8.30 if, if all's going well. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch the highlights the next day. I mean, that's all you, you really need. But uh, again, because that's, that's what other people are about, you know, and God bless them, you know. Well, Mr. Fry, you got any other questions? No, nope, I'm good, partner. Well, then we're going to get started, go into a little wrap-up mode right here. We've been talking here with Mr. Seth Turner. He's the president of the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. And uh, if you want to learn more about uh, the professional, International Professional Hall of Fame, simply go to www.prowrestlinghall.org or the Facebook page, again, International Professional Wrestling. Hall of Fame, yep. International Hall of Fame. Go, and, we'll, they'll find us. We're out there. You know, we're, not, we're not hard to find. Well, again, just, just it, it's an operation that, that has some really good people that are involved with it. They're doing it for all the right uh, reasons they've got uh, a, a, a an authentic, true uh, Brooks and Moiter uh, that they've they've got set up. Uh, I was there for the the, the ribbon cutting event to see uh, just some some wonderful artifacts that are in there. And all I know is that it's going to continue to get bigger and better. And already we've got uh, certain things that are being planned there for. The last weekend in August is when uh, their next event will be taking place for 2023. So mark that in your new calendars now for for next year. And uh, and, and again, just a, a lot of good people, a lot a very fun event. Uh, just again, people that really care about the business and they they showcase it a great deal. So again, Mister. Seth Turner, it's been my honor and pleasure to have you on there this evening with my cantankerous cohort there, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fry. And, and to all those uh, viewers that have been uh, watching and listening, if, uh, if toxic masculinity upsets you in any way, well, put on your man panties because we're just men that, that we're talking about manly kind of things here. And uh, we still live in a country where you, can, you have the choice to watch us or not so that's that's how we are and at the international professionals hall of fame they've got they've got coffee mugs they've got souvenir t-shirts they've got uh they've got the hot tank coffee to go with that coffee mug and, and there's other stuff there yet so like i said check out their their website uh again the uh, www.prowrestlinghall.org and their facebook pages and to find out more about 
what they've got coming on up and and mark them calendars for once again for that uh, last weekend in August. Thank you very much, Dan. It was our it was honestly our pleasure to have you join us as we uh, cut the ribbon at the museum. It was great to have you as part of our induction ceremony. We're really looking forward to having the feast back in 2023. Um, it, it really is a pleasure to know that we can call on you and ask for advice because we don't pretend to know everything. We want to learn. We want to get better. We want to keep improving. And uh, uh, but I am going to walk away tonight feeling really good because Don let me know that to get a compliment from you, he's never heard it happen before. So that's why <laughs> this is the trailblazer, baby. <laughs> shocking, shocking. <laughs> well, thank you there, Seth Turner. Have a great rest of your evening. And, and, and uh, again, you guys jump on the road now, right? That's Take right. AEW is going to be at the arena tomorrow. So we've got... Uh, Got a big wrestling event. We got to get there to the museum and uh, people be coming by. Well, send, send me a couple of things that I can post on my Facebook pages, even uh, whether they get, get posted tonight or tomorrow sometime. Just, again, just so I can help. Uh, uh, just, you shoving Bill Apter's head up a horse's ass. I'll send that right to you. <laughs> there you go. Give, give Chris Jericho my respect, will you? I, I will. I haven't seen him in a decade and a half. All Love right. Respect. I, I will. I'm, all right, thank you. You got it. All right there, Seth. All Take right. care. Have a great evening. Thank you. Um, thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.